What's going on, everybody? 931. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the New Wave Podcast. I got a few shout-outs to make as I um, send out these invitations. Shout-out to everybody that's been tuning in. Shout-out to um, everybody that's out there staying home, staying safe during this pandemic. Let me give you guys a little something real quick. Give me one second. I should be done sending out these invitations shortly. Shout out to all the new platforms that I'm on. Made a few moves over the weekend. And you can't be mad at them. Can't be mad at them. So I'll be right with you guys in one second Matter of fact Let's get into it right now Let's get into it right now Thank you very much for tuning in Thank you everybody I appreciate everyone for coming through Um, Over the weekend I was notified That I'm now on Spotify Which is a great big was a very big accomplishment If you're doing podcasting just a, it's just another platform under the belt. So shout out to Spotify. This week I should be hearing back from iHeartRadio. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Um, another big platform. It's a huge platform. Those are what we what you work for. That's what you push for. That's what you build the brand to be on radios and distribution sites like that. I don't do it for the brand. Um. Another another outlet that I'm should, that I should be getting an answer from them tomorrow, hopefully, Pandora. My podcast will be on Pandora Radio. Shout out to Pandora Radio. They told me they'd get back to me within seven business days. We'll see what happens. Seven business days, they said they're going to get back to me. I really don't think they're not going to get back to me because, you know, if you listen to the content, it's not disrespectful. It's not, um, I'm already on Spreaker. I'm on Spreaker right now. I've been on Spreaker for a minute right now. So, um, I just, um, I'm probably on almost every podcast outlet so far. I'm waiting for title. Waiting to hear from hear back from title. So my 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 the three the three people I'm waiting for is iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Title. I hear from them three. It's on and popping. You know what I'm saying? I reached out to everybody in the beginning. I told everybody because I what I wanted to do, what my vision was in the beginning was to for everybody to grow. Under one umbrella, all the young artists, all the young talent, all the um, all the up and coming somebodies to be a part of the brand. So that's what it was hitting for in the beginning. That's what it was hitting for. That was the beginning vision. It's never not going to be the vision. It's just the fact that I'm not going to be chasing nobody no more. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what it is. Y'all see where it's going. Y'all see where I'm headed. You know, I did it real. I did it real. You got to be content. 
But another thing I don't do is talk negatively about anybody. See, my podcast is, see, a lot of people abuse their their authority. They abuse, they're abusing their authority when it comes to podcasting. So, so now when Pandora listens to my podcast, when they review it, I could see, I don't see why they wouldn't accept it. You know, if Apple Music accepted it, Google Play accepted it, all the other, if Spotify accepted it, they told me Spotify would take 7 to 14 business days, they accepted it within the next, within like two days. They accepted it within two days. So now when they listen to it, they listen to my podcast, they're like, oh shit, you know what? Let's add them in here. Let's put them in. Let's tap into it. So that's a good look, man. So what I'm not doing and what I refuse to do is sit here and bash anybody and try to shit on other podcasters. Because it's like WWF, right? It's like really from fake shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be affiliated with talking about another podcaster because they doing this and they what I'm not going to do is that so after this day I figured out that I'm not going to be on Instagram no more but I'm not going to do Instagram lives no more what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it my lives on TikTok and share my video on Instagram alright you know so I'm not going to do my lives on TikTok I mean, I'm not going to do my lives on Instagram. I'm going to do my lives on TikTok, and I'm going to share it on Instagram. So I'm not going to do the lives on Instagram. And I got my reasons for it because I don't think people ready for it. I don't think they're ready for it. So you see, TikTok is a broader audience, more, more geared to watching content than just sitting around talking bullshit. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do that. And um, you can catch me on all the outlets. You know what I mean? Shout out to Spotify. They, they accepted the kid. I'm on Spotify radio, man. Y'all want to tune in while y'all in y'all cars, while y'all wherever. Y'all can hear my rebroadcast on Spotify. That's what it do. You know what I'm saying? Maybe these artists will catch on quick and they'll take advantage. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the Breakfast Club ain't calling none of y'all. The Breakfast Club, the Breakfast Club is not accepting your invite to their show. Ebro in the morning and them boys not accepting your invite to their show. Any of these hip-hop artists that got podcasts, they're not putting you guys on their show. So why not take advantage of the platform that I got? Shout out to all them dudes that's up there. Shout out to everybody like um, the Breakfast Club, they kind of pioneered the podcast thing, kind of, sort of. But like I said, these guys, if you're an up-and-coming artist, you're not getting up there to the Breakfast Club. You're not getting up there. So now why not come here? So the Breakfast Club can see you on the lower platform and be like, oh, all right, look, this motherfucker is really doing it. You see, this is what artists got to take advantage of, your promo. That's one reason why I said the window for a lot of rappers is closing. You know, it used to be like this. Now it's getting like this. It's almost going to shut, close. 
Not completely, because music is going to be always a way to sell your music. But um, how you going to get with the times is what I'm saying. You got to be able to catch up to the times. You know, these little young boys that's like 15 years old, they taking off right now because they're able to finesse the times. They're able to keep, keep up with it. They're grounded. They in their lane. They not trying to do the shit that y'all was doing in like the 1990s and shit. A lot of dudes got a 1990s mentality when it come to getting money. Like you got to really think outside the box. You got to be versatile. You got to be able to say, yo, look, man, I can't stand on this corner all day. I got to do something else. I got to tell these motherfuckers to hit my line or something like that. And I got to move that way. You got to change the game. You got to switch gears. You got to shift gears. You know what I'm saying? Today, we were supposed to, we were talking about Tracy McGrady. His legacy. You know, T-Mac. We're going to be getting into some T-Mac talk. We're going to talk about Drake. His five albums. And his rap career. If he's able to be a top five rapper in anybody's category, I think preferably he could be in somebody's top five. He can't be in mine, but he's in somebody's top five. You know, Drake is going to make a top five. But do you like him or not? You know, um, so we're going to talk about Drake. We're going to talk about the people on Memorial Day. We're going to get into that first. So Memorial Day, people been coming outside. People been outside. Memorial Day was a was a wild day. It seems like nobody's starting to be af- nobody's being afraid of what's going on. And now people are starting to say, you know what? Listen, I had enough of the bullshit. And we talk about this every podcast. I had enough. I want to go outside and play. Shout out to everybody that had a good time over Memorial Day. Let's get into it. New Wave Podcast. You know what you know what it is. We here. Shout out to everybody out there. Motherfuckers still gonna die, man. So um over the weekend, like I said, people were outside, right? They're slowly opening up the cities. Slowly but surely, they're opening the cities back up. Now, you know what I was looking at today on the news? And I'm going to tell you guys, if you're not taking your vitamins, if you haven't been taking your vitamins, start. So they said doctors are saying that the majority of the people that died from coronavirus, that died from it, had very little vitamin D in this in their bodies, in their systems. They had very little vitamin D. And the people that get it, their respiratory system is very is not good. So I'm watching the news and they saying I'm watching the news and they saying how you gotta have your vitamin D. You gotta take your vitamin D three. They said that will lower the risk of you catching this virus 
simple shit. You know, vitamin D is in orange juice. You got some orange juices that got vitamin D. I was in Walmart the other day, and they were selling orange juice with vitamin D. I said, damn. I was like, shit. And now today when they said that, I'm putting the pieces together. I'm like, oh, snap. Motherfuckers could have been taking on, drinking orange juice this whole fucking time, probably. Just joking. But, you know what I mean? They said, take, take your vitamin D. They also said, well, my man just said, vitamin D comes from the sun. They also said, 10 minutes of sunlight. 10 minutes of sunlight. You know, a lot of people are like hermit crabs. You know what I'm saying? So they think, because lockdown says lockdown, they think, motherfucker, I'm not coming outside. But you gotta go outside. You have to get some sunlight. You have to let that shit hit your skin. You know? Right, he took the words right out of my mouth. You have to go outside. You gotta go out. Like, people think that... People, like, think this is like the Armageddon or some shit where they can't go outside. They gotta stay under the bed and shit and just like this under the blanket. Nah, my G, you gotta get some air. Excuse me, everybody. I had a phone call just now. That's on the line. You gotta go out and get some air. You have to get some sun, air, God damn, my phone is blowing up right now. My bad, everybody. But um, you have to get some air. Jesus Christ! One second, man, keep calling my phone and shit like that. Now's not the time to be blowing my jack up. But yeah, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Stay healthy. Go outside, walk around the block, get some sun. Preferably around, like, if you in the crib all day, go out, like, around noontime, high noon. Afternoon, that afternoon sun, that shit be shining. That shit like a micro, like a mega, like, what they call them shits, a microscope. It's like you under a microscope, that sun beaming on you and shit. You know, let that shit hit you. So that's what they said. Also, we had some situations that happened in Minnesota. I know y'all seen it. If y'all didn't see this, man, I don't know. But the young guy, I didn't even want to read too much on this story. I looked at it and I said, oh, God, not again. You know, the police officer, you seen the motherfucker had his knee in the boy's neck in Minnesota. The boy had his knee. The dude telling the cop, like, yo, motherfucker, like, listen, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He had him in a kill you um, position. That motherfucker had his knee and had his neck pinned to the ground. Where his head couldn't go nowhere. No air circulation whatsoever. His face was probably just swole. So the cop did that shit. I don't care what happened. I don't care to, uh, to know what happened. All I know is that cop killed that man. These guys got fired. Four police officers were fired. That's the start of something good. But that might be the only thing happened. You know, them cops don't never do no nothing. That's the, that's like a slap on the wrist for them. Them losing their job and shit. So now, what I said, when I seen that shit, you know what the fuck I was thinking? I was thinking, that's some fucked up shit, man. You know, them cops ain't shit, dog. You know, for a police officer to do some shit like that, and it's always happening to fucking black people, man. Now, what I'm saying is this, right? 
if we would have did, if we would have did something, we as men, like black men, like motherfucking niggas out here that's running around talking this crazy shit, that's doing all this bullshit, or even if you're not doing shit, you working, you're a father, you're doing whatever you got to do. If we stop this shit the last 10 times, this shit wouldn't happen no more. You know what I'm saying? Because then they're going to know that we that we keeping it 100. We real with this shit and we mean business. Don't fuck with us no more. You know what I'm saying? So, so now, I say that to say this. What, when are we going to say, when are we going to hold our fellow black cops accountable? When are we, as young men, as out here working, doing whatever they got to do to survive, when are we going to hold these guys accountable? Like, yo, look, y'all letting them motherfuckers play with our lives, dog. Y'all letting these dudes kill us. Those wasn't black cops that did that shit. Those was white cops from Minnesota. Now, we got us, we got, it's black cops in the Minnesota police force. Believe that. You know, it's black cops in that force. So now look, when you see shit like that, when we see shit like that, we got to approach this shit. We got to tell these cops. We got to start telling these motherfuckers how we feel. Our leaders, our so-called leaders, these dudes that be talking this crazy shit, where they at when shit like that happens? Where are they at when dudes getting knees in their neck, hung from trees, Shot for jogging. Beat up for walking in the park. Motherfucking cops, we smoking, we smoke a little, a little blunt or whatever. Cops see it, they think that that's a, that's a, that's a trigger for them to beat our asses. Nah, nigga, like, come on, dog. You ain't got to be like that, man. You a police officer, man. Your job is not to fuck us up. You know, your job is to protect and serve the community. Most of these guys that these cops beat up are not threats to the community. Most of these dudes are not threats. The cops got their picks. They got their picks. Them cops ain't going nowhere where it's hostile. You know what I'm saying? That's why they send the D's in there. And even then, them motherfuckers ain't doing no crazy shit like that. Them cops ain't doing no shit like that. You think, let me tell you something real quick. You think them cops going to North Philly, the heart of North Philly, talking about get down on the ground? No, they not. They drive, they stay in their car. They stay inside the car. You know, they come out when it's a lot of them, they come out. There's two cops driving down the street, they ain't hopping out. In Brooklyn, Brownsville, Brooklyn, you think them motherfucking cops is doing all that shit? Yeah, they might try to, they might have their picks. But there's so many motherfuckers out there that they not doing that shit. You know, they got their picks. They see the crowd, they check, they check the temperature, they know if it's a bunch of young kids just out here doing dumb shit, and then they fuck up the youngins. That damn right. Brownsville, Brownsville, them cops ain't them cops ain't stupid. They don't even be wanting to work in Brownsville, North Philly. You know how many cops don't want to work out there? Them motherfuckers be like scared. South Philly, West Philly. See this shit happens. 
to random black men. You know, random black men. These guys aren't killers that this is happening to. Who this stuff is happening to, this stuff is happening to, like, like dudes that work for fucking a trucking company. You know what I'm saying? It's the bullshit. It's just fucked up. It's not happening to the in the hood, hood, hood. But it's still happening. And we need to hold cops accountable. Like, African-American men should not be cops if y'all gonna keep letting this shit go down. Y'all gotta say, man, fuck this badge. I'm, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not gonna do it no more. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all know it's happening. And it could be your son out there. She could be your fucking son out there getting slayed. You know, it's kind of fucked up, man. It's really fucked up. It's fucked up because it keeps happening. And then they let the shit die down for like a couple years. And then something else happens. Then they let the shit die down. Then something else happens. This shit been happening since I was a fucking little kid, man. With cops, white cops, beat up and kill black men. It happens, it happens everywhere. It happens in jails, it happens in the street, it happens at work. At work, they try to beat you up mentally. And work is different. Work, they try to beat you mentally. Because they know that we got like a chip on our shoulder, so they try to fuck with us. And then we get an attitude, and then we get mad, and then they get scared, and then they fire us. That's how it happens at work. They try to beat us like that. So then when we get fired, our chances of getting another job is like, eh. So we got to do this and we got to grind. We got to do what we got to do to get that bread. So now we subject to getting our ass kicked by the cops. You know what I'm saying? Because you know niggas are going to do what niggas do. We're going to do what we got to do. But some of them do it smart. You know what I'm saying? So that shit kind of pissed me the fuck off, man, over the weekend, man. I just want to know what one of our rich celebrity friends is going to do something. Where's these Umar Johnsons at now? You know what I'm saying? I don't think the motherfuckers speak for us. I think they speak for themselves, trying to build their reputation so they could be on a high plateau. But, you know what I mean? They ain't nothing but some good, good, good house niggas. Tracy McGrady, man, we're going to get into some T-Mac real quick. We touch on that Meek Mill and Quilly if we want to. But we're going we gonna to talk about Tracy McGrady. I don't want no police contact either, man. Y'all motherfuckers don't storm. I don't need them. You know what I'm saying? You know, I remember one time, before we talk about Tracy McGrady, I remember... I mean, one time I, I you know, I, I watched a motherfucker get beat down by the cops, man. Bad. To the point where the motherfucker, I was just glad them cops ain't shoot this motherfucker, man. I'm talking about, I was in Brooklyn. I was, I was in Crown Heights and shit. This was years ago. This is before I got in a confrontation with the cops at, at the parade. I watched them motherfuckers tear these fucking people up. I watched them beat this guy with a fucking stick. Baton, like four cops, like on some Rodney King shit. 
So, like, when you see shit like that with your own fucking eyes, man, that shit make you, like, fuck them niggas. It make you lose respect for the police. Like, I'm talking about you see this shit for your own eyes. And then if you never came into no police contact when them police scuffed you up, you ain't really got no... I don't really really have nothing to say about no police, man. I don't even talk to them. You know what I mean? Don't you just gonna... You motherfuckers gonna have to... You can't even beat me to talk. You can't hit... I don't care. Because cops got a different type of uh, um, animosity. They got like an evil spirit. They beat you and they beat the... They try to beat the shit out of you. You know what I mean? It's not like boxing when you just boxing in a sport. You just like... You know what I'm saying? Motherfucker throw the hands and they just fighting real quick. May the best man win. Them cops... They they fight you and they fight you to hurt you bad. From the minute they hit you with them batons and shit, now they got the stun guns. They trying to zap the shit out of you like you a fucking animal. You know what I'm saying? Niggas don't need that shit. They trying to shoot you. You move your arm like this, they say resisting arrest. Well, how the fuck you gonna move? Your hand is behind your back. That shit hurt. Then they twist your wrist. Push your fucking fingers all into your wrist. Like, that shit ain't supposed to bend like that, motherfucker. What's wrong with you? Of course I'm moving. This shit hurt. Fucking assholes. You know what I'm saying? But they think they doing their job. Your job is not to fucking beat the shit out of us and kill us. Your job is to protect and serve. That's it, man. You know, Tracy McGrady, man. Shout out to him. He just had a birthday. I think his birthday was Sunday. Sunday, Tracy McGrady turned 41 years old. T-Mac, one of my favorite players, man. T-Mac's average 19.6 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, 4.4 assists. Y'all know every show we talk about a basketball player and a rapper. We talk about a basketball player and a rapper. Today we talk about Tracy McGrady and Drake. A little bit of Meek Mill gonna be in that Drake, that Drake talk too. Shout out to my man Ron, my cousin. Two-time scoring champ, seven-time NBA All-Star, 2000-2001 Most Improved Player. That's damn near MVP right there. He was just an improved player. Tracy McGrady, in my eyes, is one of the best. Two guards, small forwards, whatever he was that played the game. He's very underrated. My man just said he underrated. He's very underrated, but he will bust your ass. You know, Tracy McGrady got a quiet game, scary game. He got one of them games, man, that like like you better be up. You better be ready. Put it like this. If Tracy McGrady is on that court and you on that court with him, 48 minutes in a basketball game. You're going to call for help at least 10 times. Yo, I need a double. Come help me. Guard him. Guard him to the left. Guard him to the left. You're going to do that. That's a fact. Because the motherfucker arms is so long, he like a rubber band. He gets to that basket. He going to get those buckets. And he had a jump shot. He would hit you with that jumper. I love watching Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady ball. Them two motherfuckers right there was like fucking ice water, man. Ice fucking water. 
man, that that I think they played the Spurs, and he was a Houston Rocket. You know, they said in the live, they said that my man said that he might have pulled one of the best comebacks in NBA history. Tracy McGrady was ice cold that night. I'm talking about nailing shit from downtown. That motherfucker was a beast. You can't take away from that young man's game. But let me ask you something. If Tracy McGrady had a sneaker, let me know. Did Tracy McGrady have a sneaker or did he have like, or did he wear phone posits or something? Because I don't think I remember Tracy McGrady wearing any Nikes that was his. You know, I should have looked that up. The T-Max. I don't remember those. Or was he just a phone posit wearer? Or what did he wear on his feet? Because that motherfucker deserved a sneaker if he ain't have one. You know what I'm saying? You know how Penny had the phones? Penny was a pioneer of the phones. You know what I'm saying? When Orlando draft, when Orlando got, they didn't draft Tracy McGrady, but when they got Tracy McGrady, that was they Penny Hardaway all over again. Adidas, damn right. Tracy McGrady wore Adidas. I knew it was something. I'm like, damn, what the fuck did he wear on his feet? It was some Adidas. I think I remember Tracy McGrady wearing Adidas. Right. But when Orlando got him, when Orlando got him, that was like they Tracy, that was like they, um, Penny Hardaway because when he came from Toronto he was putting in mega work in Toronto he just couldn't win it was hard for him to win very hard for him to win because Toronto was just basically Toronto they had they had problems in the east it was too much competition for them so he left he goes to Orlando. You know Tracy McGrady played for the Pistons. But we ain't going to talk about the Pistons McGrady. We're not going to talk about the other team, um, the Atlanta Hawk McGrady. We're just going to talk about Toronto, Orlando, and Houston. You know, Toronto, Orlando, and Houston. When him and that motherfucker Vince Carter, Vince Sanity, was lining up together. When they used to play against the Knicks, you know, a couple podcasts back, we talked about Knicks rivalries, and I mentioned the Knicks and Toronto Raptors. When Tracy McGrady came to, to Madison Square Garden with Vince, that was some of the best basketball in New York scene in a short period of time because it was all about Vince Carter. It was all about Vince, Vince versus the Knicks. They would say Vince Carter versus the Knicks. They left Tracy McGrady out the picture. But Tracy McGrady was the motherfucker to spice it up. He was fucking them Knicks up. He was giving it to him. Vince Carter was putting doing what he had to do. But it wasn't the Vince Carter show. It was the Tracy McGrady show. And Tracy McGrady was help was anchoring that Toronto Raptors team versus the New York Knicks. And the Knicks was tough. But they was falling short of their of their legacy. Their dynasty was falling short because you know the Knicks always been a powerhouse team. But we caught up with um Toronto towards the end of it, towards the end of it. But it was still a little bit of a rivalry because it was um East Coast basketball. And we had more for the Tracy McGrady. I'm talking about his. I think we seen a little bit of the best years. What he can really do when he played in Houston with Yao Ming. Like I said, even though they didn't win, they never won a championship. He never won a championship. But it's just like, you know what I'm saying, watching him play 
on that court. The memories. You know what I'm saying? The memories were good. Because we we talking about a basketball player that came out of high school. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker came out of high school chewing these NBA niggas up. You know what I'm saying? And he was skinny when he first came in the league. But he started working out, getting his sit together, and building up his, his strength. Then he was almost unstoppable. Almost unstoppable. Like he led the league in scoring for two seasons. I'm talking about he was averaging damn near 30 at one point. So it's like, dog, you can't deny shit like that. Seven time All Star. Word. Stevie franchise. Them boys was balling. Them boys was balling. Just like, you know what I'm saying? He had that Mamba mentality before Kobe Bryant talked about that Mamba mentality. See, Tracy McGrady would walk on that court and you wouldn't even know that he was like a silent assassin. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, you're going to ask for a double at least 10 times a game. You know what I'm saying? He had springs. He was a beast. But see, people don't people don't remember. So that's why we bigging up our basketball players during these podcasts. And um, a lot of them, because they don't get recognized no more. People forget. They thinking about everything now. See these a lot of, and I ain't trying to say it's a young man. People do this, and young people think like this. It's just that people forget. Period. They don't see you no more. They like, oh, man, I, I remember Tracy McGrady used to ball, but do you remember he used to bust niggas' ass? You remember he used to ball, but you do you remember he used to straight bake these dudes? Coming down the lane just dunking. Catching you, man. You motherfucker better jump. Because he, he, he coming from that bubble. And he about, what, like 6'10", 6'8", something like that? So that motherfucker don't even got to go too hard. He just stretching his whoop. He's stretching his on. Shout out to T-Mac, man. Motherfucking Drake, man. I was listening to some Drake over the weekend. I said, man, let me talk about Drake during this podcast. Let me just get this shit out the way. You know, let me get this shit out the way talking about Drake. You know, Drake got his five albums. Five albums. But I said, like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, I said, is can Drake ever be on a, somebody's top five? Can Drake ever be on someone's top five? I said, yes, he can. But he can't be on my top five. But he can be on the top five. You know, but uh, but see, the thing is about Drake, he makes some decent music. But he not the rapper that I like to listen to. You know, he not the rapper that I like to listen to. I, but I can vibe to the little, to the dude, Drake. Drake got some fire. Drake got some fire, yes. He can't be on ours. He got some decent music. And, some, and let me tell you guys something about Drake. If you listen to him, he say some real clever shit. He say some shit that make you be like, oh, shit, I ain't know this motherfucker was rapping like that. Like, he can sing. He can rap. He probably the LL Cool J, and I heard certain people say this, and I'm not taking nobody's 
lingo. He's probably like the LL Cool J of all time. As far as rapping for the girls and then getting the niggas' attention. Because he could get your attention. He could get he could get your attention. You know what I'm saying? I was listening to the boy over the weekend. I said, damn, this young motherfucker right here can rap. But 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 I wanted to ask you guys, like, was his albums, are they classics? Are they considered? He got Thank Me Later, Take Care, Nothing Was the Same, Views, and Scorpion. He got some fire. He got some fire. Oh, man, yeah. See, Drake got that ad. Drake gave me that vibe. You might not like him, but you're going to respect him. See, that's the thing. That's the thing about it. Like, dudes might not like Drake because nobody started out liking Drake. You guys can t you guys can miss me with that. I heard him, and I was like, oh, man, this motherfucker going to soldier boy rap. I heard him, and I was like, just wasn't feeling him. But I started hearing him. I started vibing. I started saying, nah, this young motherfucker can rap. He got some shit. He got some shit. You know, and then when he when he went with that shit, like, say him and Meek Mills, you know, him and Meek Mill, him and Meek got into some shit, right? That didn't make me like him more. That made me not like him. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, this little motherfucker like tripping on this shit. He trying to come at the nigga Meek Mill. But Meek Mill came at him for not writing his own rhymes, which is respected, right? That's respected. You don't write your music, you get you get you get dealt with lyrically. But my thing is, Meek Mill didn't even deal with him lyrically. You know. Meek Mill could have ended Drake's career, I believe. But they told him no. They said, don't do it. Leave it alone. I think Meek Mill, because Meek comes from that battle era, came from it. In your face type shit, rhyming and shit. And then Drake put that song out, and it almost ended Meek Mill's career. It almost took Meek out of here. That motherfucker almost tapped out behind that shit. You know, and, and it's like when you went up, when he went up against Drake, it's like you went up against one of the titans of rap. You went up against one of the titans of rap. I believe that hardly nobody writes. I think everybody got a ghostwriter. And I'm going to give you an example of why I think everybody got a ghostwriter. I listened to Fat Joe's album, right? I listened to Fat Joe album. And I said, he don't even look like he can rap like that. I was telling my brother, I said, this dude, Fat Joe, got a ghostwriter. Somebody writing for Fat Joe. And we was all just listening like, yeah, you think so? I'm like, yo, dog, listen to this motherfucker, Fat Joe, dog. He don't look like he can rap like that. Yeah, he can rap. But he can't rap like that, dog. So when you said everybody got a ghostwriter, I believe most people got ghostwriters. I believe most people got ghostwriters. It's writers out there that get paid. Motherfuckers in the music industry got to get paid. It's writers out there. 
it's like these rappers are some of them most of them are like characters and the writer you got your writers they write the script and they give it to like um, Denzel Jackson they say Denzel can you do this and they Denzel like yeah I got that don't worry about it that's what it is yeah yeah Gilly right for rain but I think I don't know now you know what I can't tell you if Wayne got a ghostwriter now, but I can tell you that he stepped his game up a lot. But I'm pretty sure somebody pinning that little motherfucker shit. I'm pretty sure. I can't tell you if he do, but I'm pretty sure. I think. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And, um... Like the R&B thing, the R&B thing, Babyface wrote for everybody damn near. R. Kelly, Babyface, Justin Timberlake, uh, who else? Um, Alicia Keys, Neo, um, it's a bunch of ghostwriters in, in R&B. Yeah. Cause of the you're right, cause of all the voices, the, the sound, the sound and the style and the flow and shit like that. But R and B motherfuckers don't get questioned about that ghostwriting. Now, Usher wrote for people. You know, that's why I just said Usher wrote. You know what I mean? Usher is a pen. Usher got a pen game. His pen game vicious. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's a lot. It's a lot of R and B dudes that you listen to. That's not who they who they are. You know, they got them ghostwriters. And Drake is one of the guys in hip-hop that got that ghostwriter. But I don't think the boy needed to come out and just disrespect his craft. He said, yo, motherfuckers got somebody writing for them. I think he should have left that one alone. He should have just let that be. But um, that could have been the nail in his coffin right there. By him disrespecting Drake for him writing. Because you know in music it's like a... It's like a um you know they got their little they little code of silence. They don't really repeat shit. They don't say what happens. They keep it to themselves. Like Mad Skills never said who he wrote for, but he write for people. Missy Elliott never said who she wrote for, but she write for people. You know what I mean? Like, yo, let's just let the checks keep coming. You know what I mean? But DeBoer Drake, He's supposed to be dropping another album. I'm not sure if he dropped it yet. I don't know what happens. I don't follow him too tough. But I know he got something dropping. Now, this this next album, I think I think what he's trying to do, I think he's trying to take it to another level. I think I think he's trying to take it there. I mean, he all his albums been here. All his albums been here. They've been coming up, leveling. Slowly but surely, they've been rising. But I think with this next album, he's trying to take it up there, above and beyond with it. Because it's hard for you to keep coming back with a good album after a good album after a good album. That's why I think Meek Mill is taking so long to drop his album. His expectations are up here. And he got to keep up with the expectations the fans want to hear some fire. You know, and he can really rap, but can he put out another hot album? A hot album, period. 
You know what I'm saying? Because there's not a lot of Meek Mill fans out there. It's a, he got a good fan base, but at the same time, a lot of people don't like him. I think every motherfucker in the world like Drake. That motherfucker got like Michael Jackson status, damn near. You know? Drake damn near is what Michael Jackson. He's what motherfucking the Beatles and shit. The dude has a fan base like no other. So he has to put out fire. It's like it's forced for him. He has to take his time with these albums. Now this now it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. That's some good shit to say. That's some good shit to talk about. That rich rap and that struggle rap. You know what I'm saying? That's some good shit. That's a good comparison. You know, a lot of people don't like that rap that they can't relate to. Like I said, like I said the other day, I said Biggie Smalls rap for the people. Jay-Z raps for, Jay-Z don't rap for us. Jay-Z raps for a different fucking thing. Damn sure it's tough. You know, it's hard for you to find somebody that you can relate to in rap music. Not hard for me. Because I listen to a lot of shit. And I hear some shit. I'm like, ah, yeah, I fucks with it. But that, sh but, but like he said, that rich rap and that struck rap, everybody doesn't want to hear about a Murcielago, a penthouse with 80 rooms. You know what I'm saying? Some motherfuckers don't want to hear that shit. You know what I'm saying? That don't motivate them. That don't get them through the day. That's like, nah, nigga, I can't fuck with you. Like, you getting, doing nothing but giving me a headache. Talking about your motherfucking watches and shit. So it's understood. It's understood. You got your struggle. You got your, you got your pain. Remember, DMX would always rap about pain. DMX would give it to you like real shit. Yeah, it's like, motherfuckers ain't running around. Like I said on the podcast, I said, Jay raps about all these exquisite cars, but motherfuckers ain't got cars like that out here, man. Motherfucker, like, who you rapping for? Who you rapping for? Yeah, we understand that you the, you the, you the greatest of all time, lyricist, whatever you want to call yourself. But we not feeling that vibe. We not getting that. We can't rap about Warhol paintings. We don't got a Warhol in our in our house. Motherfuckers damn near got pictures on the wall. You know what I'm saying? So this nigga like he goes like a beyond, above and beyond to rap about shit that we can't relate to. You know what I'm saying? When you find a motherfucker that you can relate to, you watch them grow and they start growing with you lyrically, you like, yo, this the shit, like, right, right, it is like a double-edged sword, it is with, it is a double-edged sword, it is kind of fucked up when you think about it, it's, 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 you're right, a valid point, a valid point, but you know what I'm saying, it's just like, you know, I like, you know what I like? I like, I like, I just like pure lyrics. I like pure lyricism. Pure lyricism. 
You know, I like a motherfucker that can get busy, that can rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, for example, remember Beanie Siegel would give you a little bit of everything, right? Beanie Siegel would give you a little bit of everything. He never, he never, he never would come up short with his music. He would give you the pain. He would give you the. He would talk his shit, and he would just break it down for you the right way. You know, he just he beans would give it to you like beans came out on some beans. Beanie Siegel came out the gate. He was a dog. He was really talking that shit. And then as he progressed and got grown and his music grew, he started giving you like a little knowledge, a little wisdom. You know what I'm saying? He'd give you feel it in the air type vibes. You listening to the feel it in the air, you like, damn, beans, you took it somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Beans took it, beans took it somewhere else with that one song. You listen to that one song like a ten times, you'd be like, shit, that's the shit I fucks with, you know? So Beans gave it to you like that. I think Philly Freeway gave it to you like that. Freeway really did that thing. He really talked about, he really, you really watched him grow through music to the point where he couldn't really put out no more shit because motherfuckers wasn't trying to hear that shit after a while. They was like, nah, man. You know, Styles P is another motherfucker that give it to you like that. Styles P and them boys came out like, and then they start dropping knowledge and shit. Right, right, Jay did. You know what I mean? Freeway shit is crazy. I fucks with Freeway because he not, he not, see, Freeway not one of them guys that he didn't, he kept it at a level. He kept his music, like, right there. He didn't never try to outdo himself. And never, he never tried to be somebody he wasn't on the mic. He was just free. He was Freeway. First things first, watch what you say out your mouth. When you're talking on the phone, the hustlers. You know what I'm saying? The young boy came off some something vicious. The young boy came off something vicious. Even the song Free. Be free. That, that young boy was a was a whole animal on the mic, dog. He was a whole fucking animal. And he like he said, like my man said, he stayed in his lane. He ain't never go he ain't never go too fancy with it. Like my cousin said, he said, Beans got rich. And that attitude fucked him up. That attitude fucked him up. Because he thought because he thought he was doing something crazy. You know, Beans, Beans was trying to do too much after a while. His music was good. It was decent shit. But he was trying to do too much. lot of lyricists, a lot of lyricists, you know, we talking about that shit too, we talking about that shit too, like I like, but I like, I like, I, I fuck with, like, you know, my brother just said, Kendrick, I fuck with Kendrick, 
I fuck with Kendrick. Kendrick is a decent artist. And I spoke about Kendrick Lamar on the last show when we were talking about um, West Coast rap. I said he's not your traditional West Coast rapper, but he's from the West Coast. You know? No, I never seen those, you know, speak on. <clears throat> I really don't get into their drama and shit. You know what I'm saying? That's that's like some Philly shit. That's some shit that you got to talk to a motherfucker from Philly about. You know what I'm saying? Because Philly niggas know about that shit. That's some in-house shit. You know what I mean? It was some messed up stuff that happened, but I don't know. But um, Kendrick wasn't your, your, your traditional rapper. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. That's why you got to talk to some Philly motherfuckers. They know. You know what I'm saying? They know what happened and what didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Everybody fuck with Oskino. He's not even around on the state property tour. It wasn't a state property tour without Oskino. It was just a, it was just a show. You know, you I, everybody know that in order to have a state property reunion, you got to have Oskino there. He gotta be there. You can't have it without him there. He was the motherfucker that y'all got. He was the motherfucker that did it at Hot 97. He was the motherfucker that be, that was there, that was at Hot 97, tearing it down when they first started. So you gotta have Oskino there. Oskino like to say he's in his feelings. He a little emotional behind the bread, you know what I mean? He felt he got robbed and shit. But I don't know that whole story. I can't really tell what happened. You know what I'm saying? I just know that them motherfuckers don't fuck with each other no more. You know what I'm saying? So when but Oskino did his thing. He was a pretty decent artist. On, on state property, you know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, splitting a thousand dollars is some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. That's why I said when you talk to a dudes from Philly, they could tell you the story. See, I can't really tell their story like that because I don't know how to, I don't know how that shit go. But, you know what I'm saying? Everybody know it's a difference from hearing shit and knowing shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. But shout-out to Oskino, man, because I fucked with Oskino on some different type shit. You know what I'm saying? That's like my... That's like one of my niggas, you know, I fucks with O. I talk to him every now and then through text message, you know what I mean? But, hey, it is what it is, man. Like I said, it would never be a state property without Oskino, you know what I mean? But five minutes left into this podcast, I had a healthy conversation. Shout out to everybody that's on the podcast. Shout out to all the platforms, you know, Spotify. You just got on Spotify last um, on Saturday. You just got accepted Spotify. We moving on to iHeartRadio. We trying to push for Pandora. So the platform's open. 
artists. Y'all welcome to take advantage of this platform. Um, shout out to my niece. She just got accepted to the Navy. She'll be she passed the test. She passed her physical. Um, we rocking and rolling. All the up and coming artists. Y'all see what it is. This is not only Instagram. Don't get it confused. This is all. This is all around. You know what I mean? Thank you everybody for tuning in. All my niggas that came, all my all my dudes that came through. Talked about some Tracy McGrady. Talked about some Drake. Talked about some hip hop. Talked about a little bit of everything. You know, like I said, the podcast is drama free. It's we setting the new wave. This new wave podcast. We here, we in the building. Y'all be safe. Get that vitamin, get that sunlight in your system. Get that sunlight in your system, and let's make it happen, man. Wayne got to come with some some music, man. Wayne got to take advantage of these platforms. Shout out to Wayne, too. Shout out to everybody else out there.